Volume One, Chapter Fourteen of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Fourteen. A learned and a manly soul I purposed her that should with even powers the rock the spindle and the shears control of destiny and spin her own free hours ben jonson the days passed on and at length twixt sun and shower arrived the morning which was to welcome back arthur armitage to the home of his infancy or rather as mrs armitage considered the question to the residence of his maternal ancestors sophia when she opened her eyes full an hour earlier than usual rejoiced to perceive that the skies shone auspiciously on the event and it struck her when she looked forth from her window upon the noble park scenery of holywell its turf sprinkled over by the first spring daisies and its plantations vivified by their earliest tinge of green that the place had never looked so majestic or so gay before the waters of the wharf were rippling in the sun the rooks circling hither and thither over the avenues noisy and busy as the members of a new parliament the gardeners had attempted their first mowing of the lawns which intersected as at wood encircled dropmore the groves skirting one wing of the mansion all was alive all cheerful and sophia's heart was light within her bosom as with the lightness of a bird she was provoked however as the business of the day proceeded to notice that the sense of the house was at variance with her own the domestics of holywell like other ancient corporations were apt to wax obstinate in their opinions and the steward's room having originally settled that master arthur was in the wrong chose to abide by the decree their mistress might see fit to change her verdict they were less versatile the visit of jack baltimore in his one-horse chay had stereotyped their protest against their young master's matrimonial alliance old hardywood accordingly with whom his lady's will was absolute was the only one of the household who chose to make the return of the offender an epoch of rejoicing he invested himself in his yellow white marcella waistcoat girded on his brown-black satin shorts smoothed down his long white hair and disposed his feelings for a holiday but simmons was sulky the lame deaf and blind ladies of the bedchamber and still-room put on afflicted faces inverted the corners of their mouths and shook their heads whenever mrs armitage came in sight they would not understand anything and for all particulars of preparation connected with the expected guests chose to demand a thousand unnecessary instructions smooth as was the course of hospitality at holywell on all other occasions and arbitrary as old mrs caudlecup's distribution of its chambers and bills of fare she chose to be told not only what rooms were to be appropriated to master arthur and his lady but where mrs arthur's maid was to sleep and where the valet she even took occasion to inquire whether the blue drawing-room was to be got ready as a morning-room for mrs arthur in case it should not be agreeable to her to breakfast with the family and was as much puzzled what roast to provide for the second course now that game was out and chickens and ducklings not yet fit for the spit 
as if she had not been in the habit of meeting similar exigencies every spring for her last fifty years of service the head coachman too chose to understand that he had been ordered to take the set of bays to a post town at fourteen miles distance instead of a neighbouring village enabling arthur to make his entry into thoroton with suitable honours the off leader was accordingly announced to be in physic and jem outrider to be dead lame or the leader to be lame and the groom in physic no matter it was some stable catastrophe intending to prove to mrs armytage the extreme inconvenience entailed upon her establishment by master arthur's arrival for a moment sophia entertained a project of repairing to the offices and haranguing the factious members thus inopportunely striving to rekindle the embers of discord but her usual prudent avoidance of all interference with her mother's absolute sway warned her that she might do more harm than good to the cause and repeating to herself the oft-repeated axiom that time and tide wear through the roughest day she retreated shortly after breakfast to her own room trusting that her mother's attention was engrossed by her usual avocations but this was not likely the event of the day was a great event to mrs armytage her conscience and her pride were equally uneasy she felt that for years past she had acted somewhat harshly towards her only son that she had excluded him from her confidence and jealously repelled his participation in the administration of the family affairs she would have given much for courage to deal more frankly more generously with him but conscious of her own weakness a king-like susceptibility to the encroachments of her successor she dreaded to lay aside a sceptre which she knew her feelings would the next moment prompt her to reassume still mrs armytage hankered after a better frame of mind still she tried to fan her flickering virtue into a flame in traversing the picture-gallery at the housekeeper's desire to inspect the suite of rooms prepared for the young couple she paused opposite the portrait of her husband the husband of her youth the husband of her choice the father of her children of arthur the confiding open-hearted open-handed reverential husband who had so readily surrendered all right and authority to the hands of the woman he honoured with his love it was a spirited picture from the pencil of gainsborough full of animation full of life and health and full too of the peculiarly bland but joyous expression of countenance distinguishing her son it recalled the days of her girlhood of her first affections her first consciousness of perfect happiness the plighting of her virgin vows the birth of her first-born child few widows after so vast a lapse of years could have gazed with so unaccusing a conscience on the resemblance of their husband from the days of his untimely death mrs armytage had in truth suffered no living man to produce even a momentary impression on her feelings but she was not equally satisfied of her blamelessness in the discharge of the great duty he had committed to her hand perhaps she ought to have done more for arthur and overcome her feelings of resentment against his opposition to her views but it was not yet too late 
tears rose in her eyes as still gazing on her husband's picture she felt rejoiced that it was not she congratulated herself that her son was on his way home that he would arrive that very day and went her way to inspect the blazing fires in the chintz bedroom and its spacious dressing-rooms with a lighter step and a brow less haughty than was the wont of mrs armytage meanwhile sophia's reflections if of a different were scarcely of a less moving cast deep was her reverence for her mother dear and devoted her sisterly tenderness for arthur and the anticipation of their immediate reunion and the restoration of family peace at holywell filled her mind with holy and grateful delight all henceforth would be well with those whom her soul loved like her mother too her thoughts were straying back into the past to nursery reminiscences to holiday recollections to the girlish and boyish projects of herself and arthur it had been so often settled between them what wife he was to bring home to holywell and how she was to be welcomed but the beau idea sister-in-law did not it must be admitted resemble a marian baltimore a gentle tap at the door at length disturbed her meditations and sophia started from her seat at the entrance of her friend lady laura greta do not let me disturb you said she stealing in on tiptoe and placing herself without ceremony in the seat nearest to sophia's musing chair i dare say you wish me away i believe i ought not to have come yet indeed dearest sophie i could not bear to stay away knowing how anxious you must be this morning at what hour do you expect these people every minute we hardly know a few hurried lines written by arthur on landing at dover contain all we have learned of their intentions he ought to have written again knowing as he does the tenacity of mrs armytage on all matters of family ceremony besides the thoroughtonians are kept in such sad suspense i have a suspicion they have been in waiting since daylight to be in readiness to draw the new member into town well, poor arthur cannot of course be apprised of that no but from many trifles i have noticed since his marriage with respect to yourself in particular i am convinced we shall find him less considerate than he used to be of the feelings of others no no i cannot listen to such a prediction ah sophie you may rationalise as much as you will and preach christian humility or philosophical equality till you are tired but trust me there is nothing so demoralising in human nature as the influence of inferior society that is one of lord greta's notions his or mine no matter accept it for a truism first tell me what you mean by inferior society people without refinement without enlightenment refinement is so arbitrary a quality so wholly dependent on individual views and station in one word then i mean low people such as the baltimores i thought so and you judge them prematurely what do we know at present of the family dearest laura allow me to hope for the best well well i dare say i am wrong at all events wrong to come and plague you about them this morning when i know you're feeling so uneasily i am indeed the events of to-day will probably enable me to form an opinion of arthur's prospects of happiness in life and if that opinion should be unfavourable such a dear good brother as he is 
it is now my turn to say make the best of it but you look so worried dear sophie that i hardly like to communicate the nature of my business at holywell business at holywell have you any besides the task of saying a cheering word to raise my spirits i am come as an ambassadress for my mother mamma in the warmth of her love for me knowing how infinitely i dislike what is called going out in town wants to reconcile me to my fate by persuading you to accompany us to london for the season she promises to take the greatest possible care of you and so forth not to torment you to become more dissipated than suits your health and convenience and to bring you back safe to holywell whenever you may choose you can take your own servants or not as you will only papa and mamma are anxious that you should consider yourself completely one of the family how very kind of lady rotherham very kind towards her daughter oh my dear sophie do say yes i have set my heart upon your going with us to london sophia coloured to the temples but said nothing for two years past particular motives had inspired her with the most ardent desire to visit london and she knew there was no chance of persuading her mother to quit holywell but she was prudent enough to deliberate i came to consult your own wishes before mamma made her petition in form to mrs armytage continued lady laura fearing she might be inclined to urge you to compliance against your inclinations or to refuse her consent in case you are inclined to gratify our hopes so you only have to tell me sincerely your desire and nothing shall be left unattempted to bring it to pass a thousand thanks pray then beg lady rotherham in my name on no account to mention her kind invitation to my mother i think she would wish my acceptance of so kind and friendly a proposal but much as i should like the visit i must not just now quit holywell i may be wanted as an adviser as a peacemaker i may the odious mrs arthur armytage again hush hush and are you really going to make yourself a martyr and sacrifice your prospects and inclinations to a stranger not to a stranger but arthur's temper is hastier than mine and many little disturbances may occur at holywell needing all my influence to pacify i should be miserable to be away from home just now but mamma will put off her departure for london for a week or ten days to enable you to smooth away the difficulties of your brother's first arrival dear laura can you indeed suppose that a week will enable persons of such different ways of living and thinking as my mother and her daughter-in-law to understand each other and-and what can you do to improve their temper or understanding something at least to tranquillise arthur's susceptibility a soft answer you know turneth away wrath and how could i answer him otherwise than softly i love him so dearly hark i think i hear the sound of wheels yes they are certainly coming do not agitate yourself sit down drink this glass of water cried lady laura herself turning alternately pale and red as a carriage decidedly entered the sweep but while sophia scarcely able to stand was summoning courage to go down and welcome the newcomers lady laura greta exclaimed in a voice half vexed half triumphant what a waste of our sensibility 
it is only those odious wemmersleys and their yankee cousin come to offer their congratulations no doubt to mrs armytage let us leave them to the full enjoyment of their malice unless we are summoned to the drawing-room sophie remain here and conclude our negotiations i cannot return home in peace till you have assented to mamma's proposal you must you really must accompany us to london End of volume 1, chapter 14